0: Real Presence Live. Good morning. This is Father Richard Kuntz, along with Father Ryan Morawitz, coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth, Minnesota, on the campus of St. James Parish of Maris School here in Duluth. Good morning, Father Ryan. Good morning, Father Rich. How are you doing? I hear you're hacking up a little bit. Were you cold? Well, I've, a, I've, I've had like a 12
1: day cold that's going around really? the entire city, so I'm, really? I'm just getting past. it.
0: I think only the week get that because I haven't got I that. hope you get sick today, <laughs> <laughs> Father Ryan. Now we don't we don't normally do Thursdays. Wait, wait, wait today's Wednesday, Today's right? Wednesday. We don't normally do Wednesdays either. Usually it was Tuesdays. Tuesdays. Usually we're on the first Tuesday of the month, but October kind of, well, you were out gallivanting across the planet Earth on the first part
1: of the month. And well, then, I was- then we
0: had the clergy conference. As
1: vocation director, went over to- Poland. Uh, <coughs> the ordination- we have, Do we have seminarians in Poland? I went over for the oh, ordination right. okay, of Deacon right. Matt Miller in Rome, which was great. Yeah. And then, yeah, after, after time in Rome, supporting Matt- um, Went up on a little mini pilgrimage in Poland, and that's the
0: that's the reason why we're doing the show right now. Well, where are you going next week?
1: Uh, I'm going to go on a pilgrimage to
0: where to visit where my favorite saint was from. Who's your favorite saint? John Paul II. Where was he from? <laughs> Jeez, you know how quick he is,
1: you know. Poland, but I don't I don't go there every third week like you do. How many times do you go to Rome each year? Uh, it's been
0: really slow lately. You
1: better lately. watch it. <laughs> I mean, you're Anyhow. pot calling the kettle black here.
0: Uh, no, it's not the pot. I haven't, I haven't been to Rome since last Christmas. <laughs> I, know, I know it sounds ridiculous <laughs> to say that. <laughs> All right. Okay. Anyhow, enough of and that. You just
1: dig your own holes sometimes. You know that? <laughs> well, I, I'm fine with that. Anyhow. So it's good to be with you, Father. It's good not to be with, with you. Last, even if it's a Wednesday. And even if we're not at St. Lawrence and we yeah. had to come here to St. James.
0: No, that's because you guys have bad, um, uh, I don't know, bad technology up yeah, there. Yeah, we or... tested
1: the internet. We couldn't get the equipment, the radio equipment, to work with our. That's all right. St. James internet is always connection.
0: one step ahead St. of St. St. Lawrence. St. James is always one step ahead of St. Lawrence. So, All right. Well, we are going to get to our first guest here with our sound effects. Inspired, defense. sharing your journey. All right. Well, we are very pleased this morning to have a special guest, somebody that Father Ryan and I both know very well, Cindy Jennings. Cindy, welcome to Real Presence Live.
2: Thanks for having me. How are you guys doing? Very good. Well, I got the stuff, so my voice is a little messed up.
0: Okay. All right. So this is not the way she normally sounds, which you you still (laughs) sound fine. So Cindy, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Well, I am a Kansas girl who moved up here 16 years ago and found my um, best friend and husband, Uh, had four beautiful children, and uh, my husband was diagnosed with cancer in June of 2013, seven years after we got married, and passed away four years this November 4th.
0: Wow. So, I mean, that's that's obviously not the normal route that young people expect to go, to, to lose a spouse at such a young age.
2: No, no. And yeah, it was, it, you know, it, it was nice to have him when you're diagnosed with such a horrible thing. And you know, the typical lifespan was five months for this, for a glioblastoma and, um, we got 28 months with him. So really what happened is it allowed my youngest at the time, I think was like three to have memories with him. And so it was, um, it was good to have him and he suffered a lot, but it was good to have that time with him. Um, and so we, yeah. When,
0: so when, when he was first diagnosed, what was going through your guys' minds? And how, I mean, can I think you, can you was, go back and relive that a little bit? Just tell us a little bit. About yeah. That diagnosis. So it
2: was, um, our, our best friend from curling actually had to deliver the news. He was working in the ER at the time. And, um, I just remember going, what are we going to do? And just, crying for like five minutes and woe is me. And then it just went to woe is me to, okay, what do we, we got this, let's do it. So, you know, and then we had hope, you know, that he would make it. I mean, you always have hope. You have to have the hope or you don't have anything. So yeah, it was, um, you know, just trying to get through each surgery. He's had, he had two surgeries. So the first surgery was very hard to recover from, but he, um, had still had some usage of his left side and then second one would paralyze his left side completely. So it was kind of, um, crazy train
1: after he, you know, so when he passed away, that's, that's a trauma for you, for your children. Can you share with our listeners just what that experience was for you? And well, how you journeyed I, through that.
2: Yeah. I mean, at the time it was, so we were, the kids were getting ready to go to school and he went in the day before cause he had massive headaches <clears throat> and, um, the kid, I got the call. And so the kids and I just went up there and he did pass. Uh, we were all there, my family, his family, and it was such a peaceful passing. And one of the things I did is the kids were allowed to be through the whole process. So, they got to see beginning to end. They got to witness the suffering that went on and it was just, it was amazing to see him go from such a amazing faithful person to even more like just the way God perfected him through the struggle, through the, the pain. Um, it was such a good thing for us, for our family. So, um, yeah, so it was, it was, it was a bad day. Uh, But we trust that God has a plan and and God knew what he was doing when he, when um, from the day I was born, he just prepared me for that moment.
0: So I'll go ahead. So, so the, so now your, your, your husband dies. How old are you at that point?
2: Oh gosh, I don't know. Um, So 38,
0: 38 years old. So you're facing life 38 with four kids as a young widow. I mean, Mm -hmm. how, how is that? I mean, I mean, you can't really explain everything, but I mean, it's like, I mean, what's your experience going ahead with life then knowing that you were going to be on your own at a young age with four boys? It
2: was a lot of, um, you know, prayer of why am I here? He would have probably been the better person to be here and stay with the boys. So it was a lot of just trying to figure out, you know, how, where do I fit in and how do I, how do I get them to where they need to be as for boys, they need a father, but, Uh, early on, I did tell them, you know, God is your father. And so anytime you want to go to him, you can, I mean, it's not like you're left with nothing. You do, you have prayer, you have God, he's protecting you. Um, so that was kind of the, the main thing. And not only that, but the support system that was around me. So I had my sister, my mom, um, George's mom and dad, and just a ton of people that I was blessed with throughout Um, my life, it just came at the right time. So it was just, it took the village to make everything go. Um, one of those prayers that I did was just trying to figure out what to do to help them get over it. You know, for me, I I was, I was pretty good, you know, had time to recover from all of it. And, um, and that's where the prayer room came in to existence. So through the Holy spirit, he had me do this prayer room and that's kind of the main thing out of the whole, what is it?
0: Explain this prayer. room. So the
2: prayer room is in my closet. It was George and I's closet. We cleared it out and there's a suit up there of my favorite suit of his and it's pretty bare and we've got our rosaries, um, Bibles that are always in and out of there. But, um, it is a place where the kids can go. So every day after school at the time they would come in there and meet with me individually and talk about how they're feeling, and um, you know, maybe about you know, good things that happened to them that day or bad things that happened to them that day. You know, is there anybody in your class that needed prayers, or somebody that you feel like needs something? So just trying to get attention on others too, as well, of what they need. And it might have lasted five to ten minutes, but it was the quality of time. You know, like I never had that quality of time doing Plato for a half an hour. So even if it was only five minutes, it was that quality of time that was put into it. Um, and gradually they would talk more and more and more and more to the point where, you know, I almost had to kick them out of the prayer room because like I gotta go cook dinner. Um, but it it just helped them get through it. I think, and we still do the prayer room. Um, but it's not as often, you know, so we're all healing from it and it, it never goes away, but it's, you know, it changes.
0: This is Father Rich Kuntz, along with Father Ryan Moravitz. We're uh, coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth. We're talking to Cindy Jennings about her experience as a, as a, uh, um, a facing life as a young widow with four uh, sons, and uh, talking about her faith journey in that. Uh,
1: Cindy, um, <laughs> that's a pretty incredible um, experience. I think, especially with the the dynamic of allowing the boys that quality time to to visit and to talk with you. What do you see um, as a key in that to that healing process? What did that What did that ultimately do for the boys, or what is it still doing for them?
2: I think it just keeps them able to express how they're feeling about different things. You know, the oldest didn't... He took it pretty well, where the, the second one struggles, so he needs more. He, he's the kind of person who needs to talk more, so I think it's just... Um, you know they're just able to express themselves which in return makes them heal quicker from it i mean kids are resilient so they they bounce back pretty quick but you know the, sometimes you don't know it's bothering you until you get in there and then you get it off your chest whatever that may be and then it's you just heal from it and it's it's good it's a good prayer room you, we love it
0: you mentioned that the kids are resi- resilient i've known you for i don't know a little over a year and, and I'm amazed at your resilience at it. You know, I think that a lot of people in your situation would still have times where you're just like a, 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 I don't know, a puddle on the ground. And so as you're very strong with this and what do you attribute your strength? Well, thank you.
2: Um, I think it's just trusting God has it. And I see that in other tragedies with other people, especially recently, you know, there's people that have had tragedy and I see that I see God in them. I see God guiding them because they have this strong, um, this, I don't, they just appear very strong and they can make it through. And I just think it's something God gives you to get through because what else are you going to do? You know? And like I said, everything in my whole life, if I look back, it, it's prepared me for this moment. It's like all the tragedy and all the stuff that's happened to me has pressed and pushed me into this stronger person. In fact, when George and I broke up for a little bit when we were dating, he said, when we got back together, I'm like, why, why do you want to get back together? And he's like, cause you are such a strong person. So it's just one of those things that God just formed me that way for that particular
1: moment. Cindy, if there's something that you could share with listeners or tell listeners or give a message to listeners, especially if they're in a similar situation, what would it be?
2: Um, I think I, it really love the prayer room. And what I would say is whether you have tragedy or not, it's just a good thing to have for your kids to be able to communicate and to be able to have that alone time with you. Um, I feel like it's, it'll help them, um, through school or through any of their problems that they're having and it doesn't take much to do. And yeah, so I'll read, I, I'd like to read like a second Corinthians twelve nine, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For power is made perfect in weakness. I will rather boast most gladly of my weaknesses in order that the power of Christ may dwell with me.
0: It's interesting you bring that up. That is that is my <laughs> very favorite scripture passage in the really? entire Bible. That is. Why do you bring that up?
2: I, I just think it's a, a, just a perfect description and just how I feel and what got me through. You know, it's just, it's a good reminder and...
0: Did this prayer room idea just pop in your head, or?
2: Well, I prayed about it, and it did. I mean, it just came to me like it's nothing that I would have probably ever come up with. So it's like the Holy Spirit was moving me to do it. And um, I do have pictures, so if you want to post them on Facebook, I do have a picture of the prayer room.
1: Do you still have George's suit up there?
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Can you talk at all about your healing process? So, you know, you mentioned like, okay, I had time to heal, but then I had to work with the boys. Like, what what for you is that like? I mean, there's lots of ways people heal from that.
2: I think just being in the... When the suffering was going on for so long, for those 28 months, you're kind of... You're doing some healing at the time. I mean, you know that things aren't going to go... You know, I'm always the person that expects the worst, but hopes for the best. So I'm always preparing for that. And um, I think I just... I just trust God, you know, the ultimate goal is to get to heaven. And even though it's selfish that I want him here, I know we did that. I know we got him to heaven. So uh, if you know, it's complete. And so I'm good. I'm good with it. And I'll see him again.
1: And that takes a great amount of of faith and hope to surrender to that, that than level of trust, you know. That's a, that's this is exactly, that's a great
0: grace. This is exactly why I submitted your name to be a guest on the show oh, because I you're you so you're you're, you're an incredible <laughs> inspiration with that, Cindy. And uh, you know, thank you very much for coming. It's a it's an inspiration. I think that there's going to be a lot of listeners out there that can that can uh, hear what you say and take something with that. So thank you very much. Well, thank for, you for having me. Thank you. Well, that was a very great segment, and what we're going to be doing after the break is going to be talking about prayer. Cindy is such a good example of prayer is that we're going to be having our <clears throat> Prayerfully Yours segment where we are going to be praying for people's intentions that are listeners on the show. So that will be right after the break.